conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Merjani Rawls. Today we're talking all about the recent horror movie Amulet, which you can watch on Hulu. Merjani, thank you for joining me. Hey, what's going on everybody? I know that we wanted to do something that was a little more recent because it feels like there hasn't been a ton to talk about this year as far as movies go, especially when we're talking about new horror movies. You know, we were expecting Candyman and Halloween Kills, and we didn't get to see those movies come out in October. So we've been seeing a ton of stuff go to streaming, which I think a lot of these are things that even if they had been in theaters, it would have been a very limited, you know, two to three week run at most, just given the size and the production costs of these movies. They weren't going to be these big, massive theatrical releases like the ones I just mentioned. But, you know, Amulet is definitely interesting. I'll give it that. Well, there was a bunch of maybe it's not big budgeted horror this year, but with a lot of VOD releases, there were a lot of kind of smaller, uh, artsy, genre horror-esque releases that came out. Uh, Relic, Mm -hmm. She Dies Tomorrow, uh, this movie, Amulet, uh, Run, that just is also on Hulu. I mean, it may not appear to be because this year's been upside down because, you know, you can't see... Well, I mean, some people have been, but, I mean, for the mass populace, you can't really go to a movie theater, but on a like indie scale it's actually been a really good year for horror movies yeah and i'll admit i just haven't seen a ton of them i know like you said a bunch are on streaming or went to vod and it's just one of those things where i started watching lost recently and that's been consuming so much of my time (laughs) yeah it's tough to keep up with because in october there were just it seemed like five a week five horror movies a week that came out and plus a bunch of horror series like you yeah. had like the haunting of uh, Bly Manor that came out in Netflix. Then you had Monsterland that came out on Hulu and Bad Hair and yeah, all these Ratched too. Yeah, it's really tough to keep up with. So like you would have to really sit down and do these maybe like one or two a day to really try to get with it all. Yeah, once I'm done watching Lost, I have two seasons left. I am hoping to catch up on all of the things that I've missed out on while that was on. And I think, you know, it was very interesting to me how small this movie was, but they managed to still make it about this sort of bigger picture because you really only have a handful of characters. You have Magda, played by Carla Jury. Tomas, played by Alex Secarano. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. You have Imelda Staunton, who is Professor Umbridge from the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yes, she is. So definitely the most familiar face in this by far, I would say. And I couldn't place her when she was first dressed as a nun, because I was like, I know this voice, but the clothes she was wearing just was throwing me off so much because I didn't get to like see her hair and all of this stuff and then you know there's a reveal later and I was like oh I definitely know who this person is (laughs) and then you have Angeliki Papulia 
I'm probably totally butchering these names. I'm so sorry to all of these people. But you basically have one central location and then you kind of have this side story. And it looks like it's of Thomas in a earlier part of his life because he seems like he had just stopped being a soldier recently or is still a soldier. And he's like guarding this most random place. It's like there's one little seat for him. And like, you know, one of those little barriers that anyone could just really plow through. (laughs) And it's a little unclear what that has to do with the rest of the story for, I would say, 95% of the movie. The small cast, that's also been kind of a theme of horror this year. And it's really hard to, you have to have really good performances in order to do that. Um, Like, I'll bring it back to Relic, uh, Run. Uh, there, there's only really like two or three principal characters there. Relic, there's only three. And it's in a secluded uh, location as well. This movie, for the most part, I dug it. And like to go off what you said, uh, Romola uh, Garai, uh, I hope I pronounced her name right. Uh, it's both directed and written by Garai. This movie, there's a message here. And it's it's not as heavy handed. Especially in the beginning, because it goes, this movie, it weighs between Tomas's uh, flashbacks, and then it also goes into the present. And like you said, it's not, it's not initially clear why it's doing that. It definitely takes its, the movie takes its time and asks you to, like, walk on its journey with it. Because it takes, it, it's a deliberate build into the absolute crazy third act that happens but it gives you a little it gives you a little morsels on why you're looking back into Tomas's past and then there's this you know this lady that he meets up with her name is Miriam like why they're together why he seems so disheveled and kind of like out of touch and like it seems like he's running from something uh the cin- the cinematography from uh, Laura Bellingham, it's definitely different as well. If you notice with the flashbacks, there's more wide shots of yes. the lushness of the forest and where he is. And then when you go to the present or whenever Tomas is having a intense conversation or he is having these nightmares, it's more tight. Uh, when you're in the, hi- when in the house, there's a more claustrophobic yes. feeling through the whole film. Uh, the coloring is very deliberate as well. Through the first and second acts, it's very gray. It's very dirty. But as you kind of go through Amulet, it lightens up a little bit. Like and like the dirtiness, there, there's still a very grungy feel to it. But like light becomes more of a factor as you go forward. It also follows with the storyline of Thomas wanting to really help and fix up the house. And we see him start to do some work around the house. And that's when things start sort of getting lighter down the road, as you said. And with this movie, it's only, you know, like an hour and 39 minutes. And you figure a few minutes are the credits. And it felt like it was a bit too slow at the beginning for me because there's a lot of tension in this, but at the beginning, you don't really feel that quite as much aside from the flashbacks. Really, it's just 
you know, there's this fire, he has to get out, and the quote-unquote nun takes his money, and we see her drop it in the grate after she's already taken him to this house in this new living situation. So you get a feeling right from the start that she wants to help him, but at the same time, there's something strange going on. And it isn't until the second half of the movie where you really start to get all of the pieces that allow you to be like, oh, okay, there is definitely something very, very weird happening here. Yeah, there, I mean, like I said, like Tomas, there's obviously something wrong. Like, you find him, he's like, okay, well, he was, you know, one of the first scenes of the film, he's digging into this lush, seems like this lush forest, and he finds, like, this figurine or, uh, you know, amulet. And you're wondering, like, how does this come into play? And how the story unfolds, like, there are little pieces of dialogue that you really have to tune into in order you're like, ah, okay, I started to get it. Because when, as we got more into the flashbacks and as Tomas, you know, conversed more with Miriam, I got what the story was trying to tell us. Like, you know, it, it would let you in little by little where he, you know, him and Miriam are like at a uh, at the water. I guess they're like catching uh, fish or something like that. And it comes out uh, spoiler alert, but it comes out that they've known each other before, or at least he knows her from like a town hall when he's uh, when he says that he's trying to you know do his papers for for school. And he's like, "You never noticed me." So I'm like, "Oh, okay. I, I get this. I get what." is trying to be conveyed here, especially about the male gaze and like, kind of like uh, this whole like male dominion over the female body. Like he feels like, you know, even when Miriam is trying to leave and it unveiled itself at the end of the film of it, this is the thing he's trying to weigh from. He's like, well, you can't leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it goes, goes into the present day because when he go, when he meets up with sister Claire and she, well, introduces him to Maga. Maga is kind of, it seems like she's spaced out. She's disheveled. She is in tune with having to take care of mother who, like, you don't initially see. And it's kind of like, it follows the horror thread of, like, something is wrong. Something is wrong in the attic. Something is absolutely, there's a presence that is, it kind of, feels like the house is a character in itself in two ways it it shows kind of what mother is and it also doubles back as the inner workings of tomas like he he is and is dirty he is has something to hide and he's trying to basically do everything that he can in his power to be of service to wipe himself clean. So thus, him trying to take care of the house, uh, trying to help Maga or, or Maga, I think, I hope I'm not butchering her, her name, but um, her trying to like kind of like do things around the house and help her, that's him trying to really talk to himself, okay, I'm a good person, I'm a good person. And it, and it actually like this theme also plays towards the end as well. Right. You also have the fact that he's trying to help her get out of the house more. And you really feel like she hasn't been out in public too terribly often because 
you have that moment where they go to the club. She gifts him with this shirt and he asks her where it comes from, but she doesn't answer him. And that's another reveal later on that we'll get to shortly. But you can tell that she is someone who doesn't necessarily know how to interact with anyone other than mother and mother never treats her well. Yeah, like it it happens in the second act when you eventually see mother or what disease written uh mess that she really is. Uh she tries to kill her. And you're like, why is she trying to do that? She's trying to take care of her. Um and it also like like there's conversations that she, you know she has with Tomas where she says like I have to take care of her but who's going to take care of me at the end of the day so it's like they have conversations about philosophy and then there's like that quote uh the Saint uh, Hildegard of Binger quote that she says she and she like surprises him she's like he's like how do you know about philosophy and they also talk about romance because she goes into how men you know, they think romance is silly, but love is sacrifice and romance is an offering. So, you know, like they eventually as I mean, I I kind of saw this coming, too. But like they eventually fall for each other. Mm-hmm. And through that love, Tomas, where he's trying to like, we'll talk about it. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in a bit. Like through that love, Tomas feels like he's vindicated from his past when it eventually is revealed of what he does. Yeah, you also have the fact that even though some of it, like them falling for each other, was predictable, there were other things that were very much not the same way because you have that moment where he's going through and he's trying to fix stuff and he's trying to fix the water situation for one of the toilets and there's a hole in the wall next to where the toilet goes into the wall and the water there just looks completely nasty as well and then you get this you know bat in the toilet and he asks her he's like have you seen one of these before and she's like in the house no And she is so good at lying to him that you don't even realize in that instance that she is lying about that. Yeah, when when he is trying to fix the water in the house because it's just all black and and nasty, when he, like, reaches into the hole and tries to, like, pull it out, like, she – at first she yells at him. She's like, I don't – she's like, I didn't ask you to be here. But then he went, when he does the thing with the bleach and finds this hairless, colorless bat, and then he shows her after he kills it because it's still alive, she's almost like, okay, can you please dispose of that? Like, it doesn't really phase her. And that was like a light bulb that set off in my head. Like, she knows what's going on. Um, he knows that something is wrong, but yet he... He stays. Uh, there's numerous times where he tries to leave as he finds more of the mystery of Mother, and he comes back. Like he he always leads back to her. There's something that mm-hmm. there's this devotion that he has to Maga that um, that he just can't shake. Yeah, and it felt like not necessarily that things were forced, but inevitable in a sense, and. It doesn't really get super weird until we have the giant shell 
scene. And before we get to that, though, let's talk about the reveal of who Mother really is. Because I wasn't expecting that. I was honestly just expecting it to be her actual mother who was possessed or something along those lines. You know, the first time we see Mother, you can tell she's not sick in a medical way. And in other horror movies, I've seen stories like this where, you know, and it eventually reveals itself. But, like, I've seen stories where, like, there's a demon or there is something of an entity that is kept and a person is led to it. And you're like, oh, they're supposed to help. But this is really because this is their punishment. Like, in the first half of the film, I thought this was purgatory for for Tomas. I was like, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's... You could see, like, oh, he's really dead, or and he did something in his past, and he's wrong for it. But I thought that for a movie that, you know, asked, you know, asked a lot of its audience to, like, come on, come along as it drops, you know, slowly but surely what the story is. The body horror in this movie is uh-huh. really, really good, especially with, you know, how grotesque Mother is shown and then what mother actually was she's actually doing like she's actually birthing these abominations of of bats and and things of that nature and then you know maga is just kind of unfazed by she's like you know i have to kill them you know what i mean like it's just my job to uh right i thought that you know like I said, like the third act and everything that happens with the gore and the practical effects were, were really, really good. There's also a use of kind of like the aperture kind of goes in and out. Uh, there's like a good of like lens flare as well. Uh, I, I thought that like I'm like, oh, OK, like, wow, this is this really went off a cliff, but in a really good way. The production value was very, very good for this movie, and I can't imagine it would have had a super large budget by any means. It doesn't even show the budget on Wikipedia or anything, but I think it's safe to say this is definitely a very, very indie production, and I've been wanting to watch more foreign films in general, and I know this one is in English, but it's still a foreign cast, foreign production, and everything like that. And it's very interesting to me the way that you'll see different countries and different filmmakers from different countries and how they perceive horror. Because a lot of this is something that could be very real until pretty much the very end of it. And Obviously, the whole birthing bats thing is not going to happen to anyone in real life anytime soon, hopefully. But it really felt like the way that they look at horror is just so interesting to me. And so I'm looking forward to diving into some more of these, you know, indie horror productions from other countries. And I love, you know, I loved Parasite. And while not necessarily a strictly horror movie, I think it has enough horror in it for a lot of people to categorize it as that. I mean, like, if you look at, like, you know, films like The Babadook or even, like, Dario uh, Argento films, like Italian mm-hmm. horror, they all have, like, this stylish uh, way of telling the story. Like, 
Dario Argento, you know, uses a lot of color and then like he uses a lot of like solid gore on top of that. Uh, like this film, it deliberately ups the crazy as you go forward. Like there's um, especially at the end where you were, you know, like you said, like the big seashell that happens uh, and when uh MAGA kind of reveals who she really is and what she is there for and, and the birthing scene it yeah you're like wow like this is what it really you know this is what she was really going after but you know the first half of the film is you know it's there's a payoff because it's built in practicality you're like okay uh-huh. this is a story where like you know what I mean like there's a, a daughter and a mother who inherited a house from a guy that just happened to like leave it to them and leave and go away which was also another i mean it was said it was a plot thread that was said in kind of like oh okay like he just left like yeah in passing (laughs) yeah in passing so like you wouldn't even notice it because it's that scene where they uh where tomas and and mega go to the market Uh uh-huh it's usually like if you're watching it, it's usually it you know, the audience thinks that is inconsequential. It's like, okay, like maybe I should note this for later, but like why would a guy just kinda leave his house to like uh two ladies he doesn't know? And why would uh MAGA say, uh, well she hasn't really got out of the village? Like, really? Like you've been here all your life? You know? It, it's yeah. Yeah, it's really you know, as you go for it, it's a really art, art-worthy way of storytelling. It's just like it brings me back to the days where practical, uh, practical effects were more valued than CGI effects. I'm always a practical effects guy. I'm the child of horror from you know Nightmare on Elm Streets and The Thing and and things like that, where where things were done like in-house instead of like digital so like this reveal to me was really really great yeah and the way they reveal it is they wait until mother is dead basically what happens is he goes up there with i guess it's a chisel kind of and he just starts stabbing slices mother's throat and then cuts the head off with it and then you get the reveal that this is not a woman. And you have the newspaper clipping that he kind of flashes back to and he looks at it and you see the headline, you know, man accused of killing wife and mother of six to marry daughter. So we can only guess that Magda is the daughter that he wanted to marry and he ended up being possessed because of that. Yeah, Maga is revealed to uh, be a goddess um, because it's also revealed through the flashbacks. And I initially thought that, you know, Tomas killed Miriam. I'm like, oh, well, like, he killed her and it'll be revealed. But he actually, like, rapes her. And right. Then, and then he, you know, he goes about his life and it obviously torments him. And he reveals it, you know, to uh, Sister Claire. Uh, it actually cuts away from the reveal. It doesn't tell, like, uh, he runs to her 
when they go to the dance party. He runs and he kind of confesses when she also reveals that she's not actually a nun. <laughs> yeah, There's that a- was such a fun reveal. I think that was the one thing where I kind of just laughed. I was like, of course, she's not a nun. But so is it that Magda is not the daughter that the guy wanted to marry then? She's just this goddess who is kind of making people pay for their sins. Yeah, she she's okay. just the goddess, and and like Claire is just kind of like the conduit where you know they turn basically turn men into demons t- for them to pay what they've done. Um, I think the producers uh, Matthew James Wilkinson he did call this this is an unapologetically feminist horror film. This is you know what I mean like. Romola Garari really wanted to comment on current times and gender politics and things of that nature. So when you look at it in that sort of retrospect, like there's a lot of movies that kind of like are very heavy handed with their message. This is not. It, it makes you kind of like, what did he do? You know what I mean? Like why, you know. You have to think through a lot of things in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like what did he do? Like what did he possibly do that like. Like, oh, he did that, of course. Like, and he thinks because, you know, he does right by the human form of MAGA, uh, all is forgiven. And, and the fact right. that he's of service to her, things like, like, everything's fine. I'll go kill the, I'll go kill mother and everything will be okay. But no, he, he hurt somebody. He scarred Miriam for life before what he did because he felt like, well, you can't, you know, like she goes across the border to find her daughter and she's like, well, you can't leave. Like, there's no way you could leave. Like, and then he just like, because of the male female uh, relationship where males may feel that they have dominion over females in their bodies, that he just does what he does for her. And this is the atonement of, you know, like, uh, or payback to, to that. He becomes uh, the new mother. Right. And you have Sister Claire asking him, who do you want? And he just wants Magda. And she's like, well, no. (laughs) And he just kind of keeps pushing back on it. And, you know, I did think that this was really interesting, but I think I was a little too distracted to catch on to every single nuance while I was watching it. And then I think that's why the ending with the shell and everything just threw me so much because i was like wait i clearly missed something along the way here yeah it's it's a movie where there's a lot of things that happen underneath the surface like even him getting the the amulet and in the beginning you like you it has to click um because the movie does the whole like reveal at the end or is like when he finds uh, the amulet sh- or shell in the uh, in the ceiling, and you're like, oh, okay, now I'm trying to connect things. But it's almost a movie where you have to like sit after you watched it, and you're like, okay, I get that. Oh, okay, that connects to that thing. Yeah, because like the amulet is actually manga, and Miriam holds it, and it makes it makes sense because. Uh, Manga and Miriam meet up at the end of the movie and she's like, you know, Miriam's trying to forget what happened to her. And and then like Manga says, like, never forget where like, you know what I mean? Like, do we assume that the daughter is Tomas's child, uh, which at the end there when she gives the lady the amulet? I don't know. That's a good question. I never I didn't think about that. 
maybe no no because uh miriam tells tomas that she's trying to go find her daughter that crosses the border and he asks like about the father and she's like i'm divorced so like she finds the daughter that she's looking for but unfortunately you know tomas rapes her before and then she I guess he just, like, leaves her in the woods afterwards. Okay, I wasn't too sure about that. I was like, you know, maybe I missed a little piece of the dialogue. Because I remember her saying she was divorced, so it felt like it could have gone either way. Because the flashback did seem to be quite a while ago, but then the girl looked a little too old for that to line up, really. Yeah, I mean, like, the flashbacks do get a little janky. Because it's it takes... I mean, once you catch on to the story and, you know, the fact that, like, Tomas is not the innocent guy here, it's like, oh, wow, like, it took you a long time in flashbacks to tell us what that was. Um, I thought that the, basically, when they're at the at the river, that was kind of the most effective piece of flashback. It's like, oh, well, like, he's, he's hinting at, he's like, you didn't see me? Like, you, you know what I mean? You never noticed me? Because, like, you know, like, every dude thinks, like, listen, like, I'm here. You're supposed to see. You know what I mean? Like, if she's like, I have to, like, I had to pick up my daughter. I had to be done by five. He's like, but you could have noticed me. Because, like, every dude thinks that, you know, they're the center of attention. Uh, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm starting to get the the dynamic of relationship here. Because, like, oh, well, you know, I gave you shelter. I gave you, like what time to leave and everything like that. And this is how you repay me. Like that's Mm -hmm. Tomas's kind of like, you know, cross the bear. Okay. I definitely missed a couple of things while I was watching this. So if anyone wants to watch this, I highly recommend not doing anything else really while you're watching it, because a lot of horror movies, when you watch something like a Halloween or a Friday, the 13th, you kind of know, not necessarily that there's a formula to it, but there there's a certain style to it that I think makes it so that you know what's happening, even if you miss some pieces here and there. Like, you could probably start a Halloween movie halfway through and by the end of it, know what happened roughly in the first half of the movie. But with this, it's totally different because it's so much more nuanced. But I still think there was just something about it that didn't quite click with me. And it's not that I think that this was a bad movie. I think it was fine. It was pretty middle of the road for me. But Merjani, do you want to dive into some ratings here real quick before we wrap up? I mean, I would give it a three out of five. Like there there are definitely movies. Like if you look at, um, like you said, like a Halloween, there's a very straightforward premise there. It's like Michael Myers. He wants to kill. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he wants to kill, he basically wants to kill everybody. He wants to kill his sister because X, Y, Z, um, movies like Midsommar, Hereditary, there are layered things, uh, about family trauma, Mm -hmm. uh, about emotionality there mixed within a exorcist film or a wicker man fantasy horror film. This movie, I mean, I thought that the flashbacks kind of took a little bit away of it. And some people may think that it's too slow, but I do like the the way that it kind of hides its hand with the message a little bit. It slowly reveals what the movie is about, what the, you know, the director's intent was. And you're like, oh, okay. And it 
and then it's an absolute batshit third act but i mean that in the best way possible like you're like wow like you know what i mean like this is really more of a fantasy film and i love uh the atmosphere that is built up uh everything that's doing with color the fact that it can keep you engaged with uh very little principal characters but it does like the fact that you have to kind of t- pay attention to every little thing like it may take a little bit from the movie if you're just kind of viewing it and tr- want to get the me- message that way mm-hmm. like i do kind of agree with you there but i think it's an overall good uh like first try from romola garai like i think that she yeah you know like went out and made like a really cool art horror film oh absolutely and I ended up giving this a two and a half. So you and I aren't too far off on this. I think I just needed to sit with it a little bit. You know, I didn't rate it until now while we were talking about it. I was like, yeah, this is about how I feel about it still after watching it last night. But yeah, it's a lot of exposition. There's a a lot of exposition in here. And like some of it could have been cut. It is an hour and I believe like 48 movie. And it may feel a little longer with that, especially with the first and like i would say the first half of the second act but once it gets going it's it's a really good time yeah well i think that's everything i have to say about it like i said earlier i'm excited to just dive into some of these indie horror movies that have released recently and you know october isn't the only month for horror movies we watch them all year round you and i do so i'm sure you'll be back on to talk about something else soon but marjani thank you so much for coming on to talk about amulet today thank you for having me back and uh yeah it's been a pleasure all right everyone that does it for this episode of welcome to geekdom if you want to support the podcast you can do so through our patreon you can sign up for a dollar a month that'll get you a thank you on the show two dollars a month you get to pick a topic that myself and a guest will discuss on the show for five dollars a month you can join the welcome to geekdom slack group where you can talk to myself and various guests who have been on the show if you want to follow us on socials you can do so at geekdom pod on twitter and at welcome to geekdom on instagram and facebook and as always thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day